0: But today I want to talk about three powerful ways to overcome fear. Everyone say fear. fear. Everybody say three powerful ways to overcome fear. And you know, we all succumb sometimes to a spirit of fear. Maybe you don't even realize it until afterwards, and we'll talk about that. If you will, turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy verses, chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Immediately following service. We're all that we're, are willing to. You're going to go outside. And in the back, there's water baptism set up. And we're going to baptize in water. We're gonna, Kids' church will be dismissed from there. So you don't want to. Uh, they're going to bring the children out so they can be a part of it. And in fact, one of the children are being baptized. So uh, that way everyone can be together. A little bit of a ringing up here. 2 Timothy 1:7, and if you've got it, I'd love for you just one last time standing for your feet to your feet for the reading of God's word. Why do we do that, Pastor? We do that for honor of God and his word. For God has not, everybody say has not, given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We know the scripture, but let's flesh it out and Figure out how to apply it in our lives. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your presence. I thank you, Jesus, that you have a name greater than any other name. No matter what we face, no matter what we deal with, your name is the greatest. I pray, God, for the next few moments, God, that you will arrest our attention. God, that you will speak through me not one word of my own, but every word from the throne of God into our hearts. I pray, God, we've come to hear from you, and now, God, speak to us, for we are the sheep of your pasture, and we are listening. God, anoint me, even if it means in spite of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. 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 Hold your Bibles up, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word, and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. High five somebody. Tell them Jesus will help you overcome fear. Amen. Fear is defined as the instinctive emotion caused by impending or seeming danger, pain, or evil. It doesn't have to be real. I think it was Zig Ziglar that came up with a great acronym, F.E.A.R., acronym, False Evidence Appearing Real. Perhaps you've seen that before. Everybody say, False Evidence Appearing Real. So that actually happened to me this past week. I I don't know why, but I got it in my head. I, I don't really fully understand how all the tax filings work. Noel tries to tell me every year, and I, and one year and out the other, I I get, catch a little bit, I miss some, and he, I don't know, he freaked me out. Hey, you, you know, you you you're losing, Aaron's over 17, you lose him as a dependent, you're losing this, you're losing that. It's, oh my God, I I'm gonna owe taxes. So I it was just eating me up. It was eating me up. I thought, man, I'm gonna owe. I'm losing dependents. I got this problem, that problem. With pastors, taxes work very different than anybody else in the world where we're animals. On one hand, part of our pay is a W-2. On the other hand, part of our pay is a self-employed. So we got self-employment and self-employed tax going on on one hand and a W-2 on the other. And there's deductions and there's paperwork and there's all kinds of confusion. And so I just get it all together and I send it to him. And then he usually tells me, you're missing this, that, or the other, website. so I get Anyways, long story short, in January, it started with me. I was convinced, man, we got a problem this year. He's told me last year about all this, and we didn't, probably not deducting enough money, and so we're going to owe taxes. Well, having said that, it was a busy spring for us, and I didn't get all the paperwork together, and it got a few days before April, and I said, no, I'm not real motivated to do this anyways. What do we got to do? Can we file an extension? He said, yeah, I'll do that. So never filed an extension before. He said, you got till October to get it all together. Well... I realized that I wasn't really in a big hurry to get it done even in October because I didn't want to face the music. How many know what I'm talking about? And just this, in the back of my mind, the back of my head and down in that, you know, that gut feeling you get, I just thought, I'm going to owe and I'm not in a hurry to give the government any more money. I don't necessarily like what they're doing with the money I give them now, let alone do I want to give them more. And so I'm just, I'm just, and then I'm, I'm back and forth. And the Lord's telling me, render to Caesar what Caesars and pay your taxes. And I'm like, God, have you seen our government, you know? And so I got all this stuff going on and it's just eating me up and I'm dreading it. I mean, I'm dreading it. So I realize, oh boy, it's September. They're not going to give you an extension until next year. (laughs) So I got to get this done. So I start getting all the paperwork and putting all the numbers and the spreadsheets and all. It's it's an animal is what it is. And I go all through this process and I send it. And and last week, you know, it gets back. You're missing these three or four things. I find it. I give it back to him. And then the dreaded text comes. I'm standing at the graveside of my last living uncle who died. Fourteen uncles. He was the last one. I'm standing at his funeral at the graveside. And my text goes off, and I see it's Noel, and he said, hey, I've got your taxes done. I thought, well, what a fitting thing this is. I'm in the cemetery. Just put me on down now. I mean, I, was, I had dread from, from January to September because I knew I'm going to owe taxes, and I don't want to pay them. And I get that text open, and I glance at it, and I look into my utter shock. And my utter amazement, I almost passed out right there and I almost shouted there and that would not have been good at my uncle's grave. And I couldn't believe my eyes when Noel said I was getting a refund. You ever been there? Have you ever thought something so strongly That you believed it because of fear only to find out later it was false evidence appearing real. I was minimally terrorized from January to September over what the devil convinced me was going to happen. And in January, God knew that wasn't going to happen. But I succumbed to the spirit of fear. You know... You walk into a building somewhere like church, and you see two people whispering, and they glance your way and start laughing, and all of a sudden, fear overcomes you. Oh, my goodness, they're talking about me. They're not just talking about me. They're laughing at me. No laughing. Why are they laughing at me? They don't like me. Look, they don't even come to say goodbye to me. And you get in the car on a Sunday and you go home convinced. Two people who are just sharing a good laugh that happen to be gazing your way are somehow now talking and mocking and laughing at you. And then time goes by and you don't speak with that person. And finally they come and they say, hey, is everything all right? And you say, well, the other day I saw you you five months ago. And you were pointing and laughing and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. We weren't talking about you, but that spirit of fear put something in you that said they're talking about you, they're laughing at you, you're on the outs. Has that ever happened to anybody? Come on, let's be real. Has any ever happened to anybody? Okay. It's false evidence appearing real. How many times have people broken off relationships over false evidence appearing real? How many people have left churches they were never supposed to leave over false evidence appearing real? Maybe you broke off some kind of relationship you shouldn't have. Maybe the fear of the unknown, listen, it can become paralyzing. The unknown will terrorize you if you're not careful. One evangelist testified, he said, I was so sure that I was going to die. I screamed at my wife going down the road one day and said, pull over the car, I'm going to die. I mean, to him it was real. You could not have convinced me until last uh, whatever day it was at the funeral that I was going to get a refund instead of owe money. That, 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 that fear was reality to me. One pastor called the overseer and he said, you've got to pray. He said, I'm going to die if I leave my house and i got to go pastor this church at some point. He said, the devil keeps telling me if I get in the car, I'm going to have a car accident and die. And, I'm, and I believe it. You're going to have to pray for me. Folks. The spirit of fear is real. So, how do we overcome fear? Well, point number one is this: God has given us the Holy Spirit to overcome fear. Someone say amen. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. The, God has given us this, the Holy Spirit to overcome fear. Look what 2 Timothy 1:7 says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what? But of power. Everybody say power power and of love and of a sound mind. That word power is dunamis. It is force. It is miraculous power. When you see someone miraculously healed, it is the dunamis power of God. It is the power that accompanies the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit shows up, He brings His power, His miraculous healing power as well. In other words, God says, I have an answer for you when you deal with the spirit of fear. I am going to fill you with the Holy Spirit and the power to encounter Counter the spirit of fear and overcome it. Someone say amen. You have, you and I have access to the Holy Spirit and His power to overcome fear. There's no reason to fear sickness or disease because God said He's given you power to heal the sick and to be healed yourself. There's no reason to fear the devil. Why? Because God has given you power to overcome demons and devils and every kind of wicked spirit. Apparently here in Timothy, 2 Timothy, he was, uh, Timothy was under the spirit of fear and intimidation. Because 2 Timothy 1.7 says he's not given us the spirit of fear. He's writing, Paul is, to Timothy, but ultimately also speaking to us. And he's saying that word fear there in the Greek means timidity or intimidation. That's what fear is, Right? We fear the bully. We fear the consequences of the bully. We fear the intimidation. So we, we, we succumb to whatever the bully wants. It's fear. It's intimidation. Somewhere along the way, Timothy had become terrified and intimidated. It led him to sleepless nights, troubled days. As a matter of fact, There is a clue in the Bible that maybe he was even under ulcers from it because Paul said, take a little wine for your stomach because it's all messed up. Back then, they didn't have the medications that we did today, so Paul's trying to help him. Now, he wasn't dealing with fear. He was dealing with the spirit of fear. Everybody say, not fear, but the spirit of fear. So Ephesians 6:12 says, "We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and so forth." So if God did not give us the spirit of fear, where did the spirit of fear come from? It came from the devil. There's only one place it can come from. So anytime you feel any kind of fear creeping up in your life, it is not God that has sent that. It is a spirit of fear. And you speak to that spirit like you would any other devil. And you say in the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, get out and get out now. There are people that cannot sleep by themselves in a house at night because the spirit of fear torments them. There are people that cannot break off a relationship that need to because the spirit of fear torments them. There are some of you that maybe you're not sleeping well at night because your kids are on skid row and the devil's told you they're never coming back home and the spirit of fear is gripping your heart. We need to command that spirit of fear to leave. Fear works like faith in opposite directions. The more you feed it, the more it grows. But God tells us not to fear. It is not a suggestion. Rather, it is a command. Everybody say it's a command. Hebrews 13, 6. So so that we confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you and your exceeding great reward. And he goes on. As a matter of fact, I showed you two scriptures. I could take the rest of the day and show you 363 more. Did you know in the Bible there are 365 derivatives of thou shalt not fear in the Bible... It's as if God said, I want you so free from the spirit of fear that you, I'm going to give you one scripture for every day of the year. God does not want us to fear. When we were given over, when we are given over to a spirit of fear, it's a lack of the presence of the Holy Spirit in that area of our life. See, in looking back, I never invited the Holy Spirit to help me in my irrational fear over I'm going to owe on taxes. Do you think that the Holy Spirit could have told me, hey, you're not going to owe, you're actually going to get a refund if I would have just asked Him? Do you think during the 21-day fast when I was fasting to hear from God, if I would have just said, Holy Spirit, I got this whole fear thing going on about my taxes this year, I'm all freaked out, I don't know how it all works, but it's, it's messing me up. And I need some peace about this. How many of you think that the Holy Spirit could have said, don't worry, just send them in, I got you. But I chose to needlessly worry and have fret. It wasn't every day. But when the thought came to me, at some point, boy, you're going to have to pay the piper and face the music and send your taxes in. And when I would do that, that little sinking feeling in your gut, How many know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at me like you've never had this before. How many's ever had that before? And you say, Oh, I've got to deal with the taxes. Oh, I've got to deal with the taxes. And I dealt with that from January to September for no reason. The Holy Spirit trumps the spirit of fear every time. Don't let the spirit of fear tell you that your marriage is never going to work out. Don't let the spirit of fear tell you we ain't never getting a Rehoboth in our own property. Don't ever let the spirit of fear tell you you're a failure and you're never going to make it. First John 4, 4, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you, that's the Holy Spirit, than he who is in the world. When you are a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, fire-baptized, devil-stomping believer of God, that means you've got the power of God inside of you, and there's no devil that can stand before you. There's no spirit that can attack you. There's no spirit of fear that can win. You are victorious. Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is, watch this, love, joy, peace. You can't have peace and fear at the same time. So God is saying, I'll give you peace, or you can choose fear, the choice is yours. When the area of filing taxes, I, I chose fear for nine months. How stupid am I? I mean, I just, I felt Stupid. You ever felt stupid before? You thought somebody was just, they were against you, and then you found out later that you had it all red and wrong? You think, what a dummy I was. He said, I'll give you patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. God's faithful. Gentlemen, and self-control against such there is no law. So watch this. The more of the Holy Spirit you allow in your life through relationship, prayer and the word, worship, all those things. Watch this. The less fear you can have. The opposite is true. The more you let the spirit of fear in, the less the Holy Spirit can be there. You can't yield to the spirit of fear and the Holy Spirit at the same time. I've got a question for you. Which spirit would you rather yield to? The Holy Spirit of God that brings all the fruit we just talked about, peace and all those things, or the spirit of fear that wants to terrorize you? Would you rather be filled with the spirit of fear or the spirit of Almighty God? Here's the good news. The choice is ours. Somebody say amen. Let me make a statement, and I'm going to make several more times. Are you ready? You can live your life. Listen to me. you got to believe this. You can live your life with a total absence of fear because of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I believe that with everything I got. Let me say it again. You can live your life with a total absence of fear because of the Holy Spirit and his power in your life. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Did you know that God can even give you deliverance and power to overcome the fear of death? I know I've shared this before, but Holly's grandmother on her deathbed, Holly's sister was in the room. She came to all of a sudden, pointed to the ceiling and said, There's no fear in death. And then she died. She died. That's the Holy Spirit. So how do we win within and overcome fear? Not only the Holy Spirit, but God has given us His love to overcome fear. So He's given us the Holy Spirit and He's given us His love. Watch this, 2 Timothy 1.7. Look where it's underlined. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of... Everybody say it again. That word love is agape. It's the love of God. The scriptures, watch this, are offering to us, God is offering to us, the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, and the love of God instead of and as an alternate to the Spirit of fear. Does anyone think this is a good thing? Would you like to make that exchange? Would you like to receive what God is offering? Here's what God says about love, 1 John 4, 17 through 18. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. So there's a day of judgment coming, but we've got got confidence because of the love of God in our life. Because as He is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is... The one who fears is not perfected in love. Fear involves punishment. Let me handle that first of all. Have you ever had a parent say to you growing up, you just wait till I get you home? Oh, just whip me right here in the store. I, mean, I don't care if there's 100 people around. Is that not the longest car ride of your life? You're praying and hoping your dad or mom's going to forget and they don't ever forget that. I remember one time, my first job, I got fired. I was bagging groceries at Winn-Dixie. And I got fired because there were some cute little girls over at the yogurt shop right across the way. So I'd go out and get carts while well, I'd just go on over and hang out a while and have me an ice cream on the clock. Well, after about three times doing that, the boss came out there and he said, Hey, I hope you're enjoying your ice cream and the girls because you're fired. I thought, how am I going to tell my mom and dad that? They're going to kill me. So I waited For about a week, lumping my throat, sick to my stomach, couldn't eat, fretting, oh, am I going to tell them? And my sister went in labor with their first grandchild. And while we're at the hospital, while they're in a good, jolly mood and happy, I thought, that's a good time to tell them. Hey, this is great. Jared's wonderful. By the way, I got fired from my job. (laughs) Still didn't turn out good for me. (laughs) Perfect love is agape love. It is, the, it is the unadulterated love without any ill motives, without any ill wrongs. It is perfect love. The Bible says God's perfect love, watch this, Cast out fear. The word cast out here means to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it falls. Like skipping a rock on the water. You don't care where the rock goes. You're just having fun skipping it. The Bible says that when we get God's love, when we get filled up with the love of God in our heart, that it casts fear out. Let me say that again. Perfect love, God's perfect love inside of us. Watch this. Not us. Rather, his perfect love casts fear out. Are you seeing this? Did you know that you don't even have to cast it out? All you've got to do is get filled with the Holy Spirit and His love. It is possible to live your life with a total absence of fear. Wouldn't that be great? What could you do in your life with a total absence of fear? What could you accomplish with starting a business or in your workplace with a total absence of fear? What could you do for the kingdom of God if you had a total absence of fear? How many more people could you win to Jesus if you had a total absence of fear in witnessing to people? How many people could be saved? That's why we should be praying Romans 5, 5 every day. Watch what it says. Because the love of God, watch this, has been poured out, gushed out, poured out. Like a gully washer within our hearts. How to win within in our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. We should be praying the scripture every day. Not only will God give us his love for him and other people. But his love will cast out fear. We don't have to be in fear anymore. Can someone say amen? The more the love of God you get in your heart. The more that fear has to leave. It is possible to live your life with a total absence of fear because of the Holy Spirit and the love of God. 2 Thessalonians 3.5, God's so serious about this that he writes, May the Lord direct, guide, point your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfast of Christ. steadfastness of Christ. Why? Why is this important? Because the love of God will remind you of the faithfulness of God. When you're down and you feel like your prayers are not going anywhere, the love of God will remind you God is faithful. I love the song we sing. He was was powerful then, he's powerful now. He healed then, he heals now. Amen. Everything he did then, he does right now. That, That is a reminder, a beautiful song to remind us of the faithfulness of God. The love of God will remind you that we serve a big God. The love of God will remind you that He is bigger than your problems. He is bigger than your uh, appearing real tax bill. He is bigger than your family problems. He is bigger than whatever you face. He is bigger than the doctor's report. Glory to God. The love of God will remind you that God is bigger than He who is trying to intimidate you. The love of God will remind you that you are serving the great I am, not the great I was. The love of God will remind you that He'll put food on the table. He'll clothe your children. He'll take care of your family. He'll protect you. He'll heal you. And here's the deal. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. So watch this. The answer for the spirit of fear is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because He brings power and love. What a deal. You mean... You mean, Pastor, I've been fretting and doing all this stuff all this time, and all I had to do was get more of the Holy Spirit in my life? All I do is say, Holy Spirit, come. That's gonna drive fear out. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. He is offering the Spirit of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God to cast out the spirit of fear. Doesn't that sound good? I don't know about you, but when we were raising our kids, our kids were real small. We'd get in a crowd of people, or maybe somebody would come up to talk, and they didn't know who it was. I don't know about your kids. All three of mine, they would scoot over right next to my leg, and they'd clutch for dear life. Or they'd raise their hands and do like this. Why? Because they felt fear, but they knew because of mine or Holly's love for them, that if they could just get next to us, they'd be all right. It's high time, folks, in the church that we scoot on over next to God and we clutch a hold of God and we reach our hands out and say, God, please help me so that his love will shoot that fear right on out. Somebody say amen. Man, this is good news today. Somebody say amen. Does anybody believe this? Point number three is this. How do we win within and overcome fear, God has given us a sound mind to overcome fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power love and of a, watch, a sound mind. Everybody say sound mind. Sound mind mind in the Greek here denotes a sober mind. It is the state of mind that is well balanced under the right influences. In fact, the literal definition of sound mind is discipline, self-control, and moderation temperance or self-control, watch this, is a fruit of the Spirit. So again, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us a power. Power comes from the Holy Spirit. And of love, love is a fruit of the Spirit. And of a sound mind or self-control, which is also a fruit of the Spirit. How many of you are starting to see something go in continuation here? In other words, what's the answer? The answer is get your life filled with the Holy Spirit And it will drive the spirit of fear out. That's the answer. God will give you self-control. God will not come down and control your mind for you like a puppet. As a matter of fact, Jesus, God, Paul wrote in Corinthians. And watch what he says about the mind. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But watch this. But we have. Everybody say, I have. The mind of Christ. It doesn't say pray and fast for 40 days and you might get the mind of Christ. It doesn't say if you really are a good boy or a little girl, you're going to get the mind of Christ. When Jesus took the crown of thorns on his head, he instantly fixed our minds by faith. When he completed it by dying on the cross and being raised from the dead, Jesus is saying, you've already gotten the mind of Christ, it's up to you to walk in it. God said we could have the mind of Christ. A mind to think like Christ. A mind to see things like Jesus did. Wouldn't it be great when problems present themselves to begin to see those problems like God does? When family issues arise, wouldn't it be good to have a sound mind? When the devil whispers into your life and lying to you about your life, wouldn't it be good to have a sound mind about your life? 2 Corinthians 10.5, that's why he said we're destroying speculations and every high lofty thing raised against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, how do I take captive my thoughts? Well, number one, you measure your thought up by the word of God. And if it doesn't mesh, you replace that thought with the word of God. So here's how you take captive the thought. For those preachers that thought, I'm going to die, pull the car over. Overseer, pray for me. I can't leave the house. I'm going to die in a car accident. You take captive that thought by simply saying, no, God said I shall live, Psalm 118, 17, and not die declaring the works of God. God said I shall live. God said I get at least 70 years. God said this. God said that. So thought, you're not lining up. You're out. Somebody say amen. You replace, you take captive your thoughts by simply saying when the devil says, oh, look at that doctor's report. It's doomsday and boy, you're done. You might as well go ahead and make your funeral arrangements. It is over. Wait a minute here. The word of God declares, speak it out loud. By his stripes, I was healed. Acts three sixteen. it's in the name of Jesus that I am healed and I am made whole. You take captive the thought by bringing it to the obedience of Christ. Oh, well, look at your children they have lost their minds they're never coming around Uh -uh -uh. the word of god says me and my household shall be saved that's how you take captive the thoughts a sound mind will help you overcome the fear of failure some people are defeated in their minds before they even make an attempt at something i love michael jordan's view on this when asked why he succeeded, he simply said, I succeed because I fail. Fail propels me, failure propels me to get better. Franklin D. Roosevelt said, It is common sense to take a method and try it. If it fails, admit it frankly, but above all, try something. Defeat the spirit of failure and the spirit of fear of failure by taking the gifts God has given you and use them for the glory of God. Develop them. Use what tools God has given you for the glory of God. Pray and trust God. Start with small steps. Look, if you've always wanted to be a writer, write something. Write a poem. Write a short article. Write a story about your vacation and post it. Write it as if you're submitting it somewhere and post it. See what happens. If you're a photographer, submit some of your pictures in a contest. See if they win. You never know. If you're a decent, fair tennis player or golfer, hey, enter a few tournaments. See how it goes. What have you got to lose? No matter what, if you fail at something, you've learned something along the way just by trying. The first step in trying and defeating the spirit of fear of failure, take a course at a local college. How do you know whether you're going to pass or not? Take some private lessons. Conduct your own simple experiments. Trying is perfected by practice. Keep practicing it, whatever you want to do. And whatever you do, don't let the spirit of fear cause you not to even try. The worst failure of all is the failure to try. John 14, 27, Jesus speaking said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He said he gave us peace, not fear. Not as the world gives do I give you. Watch this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I had useless, needless fear over filing taxes when God had already given me the spirit of God and of power and and of love and of a sound mind. I walked right past those three things, and I wasted from January to to September fretting over having to pay a tax bill that wasn't even real. Well, y'all laughing at me, but what kind of stuff do y'all do? Yeah, Sonny goes, I succumbed, watch this, to false evidence appearing real. I fell for the trick of the devil. But in finally facing my fear, I was actually totally relieved and unbelievably shocked when instead of owing, I got back. I thought, well, reckon what I could have done with that money from January to September. I don't know, maybe it was a forced savings plan. We'll go with that. Amen. This one missionary was in Africa, and he had been told many years ago, that if you hear gunshots, they're coming into the little hotel that they have there, the little ends they have there, and they're going to rob you with machine guns at gunpoint. They might even shoot you. Well, one night he's laying in the bed, and he's getting ready to go to sleep, and he hears, pow, pow. Oh, he, that was it. The dread came on him. He knew, I'm a gunner. He heard across the way, bam, bam. He thought, they're robbing this place, and they're robbing that place. He, he said, I got so scared, I don't know what to do. He said, I got under my bed, and I just laid there. I laid there, and after four hours of laying there, he thought, I'm going to summon up. I'm going to get the courage up to go get my stuff, tiptoe, and get out of here. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm going. Middle of the night. He got his stuff. He tiptoed down the stairs, and he saw the night watchman. He said, are they gone? Are the thieves gone? The watchman said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I heard the gunshots. You didn't hear the gunshots? He said, yes. He said, I fired the gunshots to let the other people across the way know everything was settled and okay here. They fired back on their side to let me know that everything was all right over there and everything was good. He laid under a bed for four hours because of false evidence appearing real. I have a question for you in closing. What are you afraid of? Your spouse leaving you? Devil telling you you're not going to be able to put food on your table with these high prices and inflation? The devil telling you you're not going to be able to pay your bills. The devil putting something in your mind. There's something wrong with your body. The devil trying to make you think you can't do this job anymore, so what am I going to do? Your family members on skid row. I want to tell you God will give you the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the love of God and He'll give you a sound mind. So you can walk out of here today without fear. You can win within and overcome fear today. Listen, today can be the last day you ever live in fear. Are you ready for a fear-free life?